following podcast is scheduled for one fall. Hailing from the Pro Wrestling Tees headquarters in Chicago, Illinois, they are your hosts of the PWT cast, Scrub and Bank! Bang, bang, what is up, you guys? Welcome to episode 56 of the PWT cast. My name is Scrump. And this is Stank. And this is the PWT Cast. We bring you this podcast every Monday wherever podcasts are available. If you already aren't, make sure to follow us on social media. We're at PWT Cast on Twitter and Instagram. And as always, this podcast is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors. We have Freelance Wrestling, the best independent wrestling company in the Midwest. I will proudly say that. Uh, we have M3 Toys. If you're looking to get some Funko Pops or any kind of uh, NECA figures, anything like that, head over to M3 Toys. Check out what they've got uh use the promo code pwtcast and you get a whole ass 10 percent off and last but not least our buddies over at the cryptic closet david have you ever wanted a fanny pack that looks like danny devito um more than anything if you're if you're listening to this and you also answered yes then head over to the cryptic closet and you get yourself uh the official fanny devito fanny pack uh if you're wondering is that what i think it is a hundred percent, yes. It is a uh, yeah. fanny pack with the likeness of one Danny DeVito. Uh, and they have a lot of other cool horror pun t-shirts over there, really cool pins. So uh, head over to thecrypticcloset.com, and if you use promo code PWTCAST, you get a whole ass 20% off. Dave, usually I start off this podcast by asking you, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, what's what's going on with you? I'm going to skip those formalities because there is something that we have to talk about. Uh, I think- know how i'm feeling oh listen saturday saturday i woke up and everyone was talking about this dc fandom or fandom fandom i believe it's called fandom and i i wasn't really aware of it uh it's no secret i'm a huge marvel guy i I like dc as well but they've kind of uh burnt the bridge with me you know, I was really looking forward to Suicide Squad. I, I say to this day, I rewatched that original Suicide Squad trailer with a uh, Ballroom Blitz playing. That looks like such a fun, fantastic movie. And then we got what we got. Yeah. And same thing with Justice League, where I was just like, you know what? Batman v Superman sucked. Maybe they. Uh, oh, no, this also was pretty bad. And in the last few months, there's been a lot of talks of like, oh, that you're going to get Zack Snyder's Snyder Cut. Uh, you know, James Gunn is working on Suicide Squad. Uh, Matt Reeves is working on his version of the Batman. There's a Flashpoint movie as well. Just a lot of fun stuff that, you know, they, they told us was coming. And boy, did we get to see all of that. What stuck out to you the most? Because if, if anyone knows us personally, I know a uh, friend of the show, Jesse, he tweeted at us and he was like, I'm waiting for you guys to start talking about this. And boy, was I immediately just like, all right, I already know the, the first 10, 15 minutes of our show is going to be. But what stuck out to you the most between the you know, Suicide Squad trailer, the Justice League trailer, the Batman trailer? I don't know if you saw the Wonder Woman one. Like, yeah. what, what stuck out to you the most? Well, I, I got to say primarily, like when, when I was younger, I was mostly a DC kid, you know, like. To, to me, until, like, uh, the X-Men animated series came out, I was like, these guys are all nerds, right? But um, So, t- to me, my comic book fandom is anchored by my love for Batman. So, uh, when they announced Robert Pattinson was going to be Batman, I was very, very skeptical. Um, 
<laughs> which is funny because my wife is a Superman fan and a big Twilight fan, so she was all in on uh, Robert Pattinson from the get-go. Um, but then I remembered uh, when Christopher Nolan announced that Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker, I was really skeptical, and I was like, you know what, I'll give it a chance. And it ended up being one of the greatest casting choices of all time. So, uh, And then Jared Leto <laughs> was announced as a Joker, and I was like, oh, that's a pretty good choice. And completely so what do i know about casting right but um no i mean we've all seen like the the leaked set pictures of the motorcycle and all that stuff and 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 there were some there were some things that just i just didn't i didn't like the announcement of the choice like jeffrey wright as james gordon now listen if there's any of you guys out there that are like hey that guy's I don't like a black guy in my white role, you know, you can fuck off. Um, that's not exactly where I was coming from though. Only because like Jim Gordon is such an iconic character and you know, he's portrayed as an old Irish cop. So it seemed like a weird choice, but I loved, you know, we talked about Westworld. I love Jeffrey Wright, one of the greatest actors ever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to see someone with range, you you look at Jeffrey Wright. He played Peoples in the the Shaft movie with Samuel Jack, Samuel L. Jackson. Played Martin Luther King, Bernard, and now he's you know Commissioner Gordon. This guy could act circles around almost anyone. So um, seeing that come to life, great. I was like, you know what? I have no qualms with that. Um, there are some parts of the suit I still don't like, but seeing it in motion seeing uh especially like front on like like what you would see if you were facing batman it looks great and the fighting style um it's it's really hard to in motion um portray how skilled batman is as a fighter right mm-hmm. uh, if any of you guys are video game uh aficionados uh the arkham series has a really good combat system where batman's just you know he's just comboing the shit out of people somehow robert pattinson was able to duplicate that in real life and it just looked brutal which is exactly the way i would see, I, probably the best batman fighting i've seen in any movie um i don't know that looked great and uh suicide squad looked appropriately wacky i can't believe how i know they announced how many characters was going to be in the movie but like James Gunn is really loading it with his wackiness. And I don't know about you, but how about all that shade he was subtly throwing at Marvel? Which I uh, informed me on the shade. Well, he was like, this is the greatest, or this is the biggest movie project I've ever worked on. Really? And he, he just kept saying stuff like, this is really the most important piece of film I've ever done. Like, it was really like, Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy, that's in the rear view. I know he's doing three, but he was really pointed in saying, if you liked what I did before, watch Suicide Squad and, uh, you know, grab your popcorn. Um, but seeing John Cena in like a, in the Peacemaker costume looked very comic accurate, but it was so wacky. Um, and what else did we get? We got... Justice I'll, I'll Lee Snyder. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks miles better than what we got. Um, I will say, if anyone could be accused of sniffing their own farts, it would be Zack Snyder. <laughs> that guy, that guy really loves himself some Zack Snyder, um, and he loves using Hall- uh, "Hallelujah" by Leonard Cohen. 
I think he used that for the Watchmen too, but bringing it back to the Watchmen podcast that we do weekly here at PWT cast. Um, but it looked good. It looked really good. Yeah. I was actually, uh, talking about like all three of these trailers with uh, last week's guest, Juanca David, uh, check out that episode. If, if you haven't really fun episode, our, our boy Juan over at sci-fi wire, very fun episode, but we were talking about it. Like, Batman looks awesome. Like we're we're also kind of discussing. Like they they announced that Riddler is one is in there. They're, they said Paul Dano is playing Riddler, but and he's the one talking to Batman. Well, there, there's a, there's also a lot of like hush vibes because th- yeah. they said that this was supposed to be based on a long hollow or what is it? Uh, long Halloween. Long, yeah. So listen, first off, with that Batman trailer. I'll go in the same order you went with Batman trailer. What they showed us was only they've only filmed twenty five percent of the movie. Yeah, and, and that's hard. And it's like, dude, imagine a fourth of your movie going that fucking hard. Like that, that's awesome. It, it looked really good with Rob Pattinson. This with anytime anyone gets cast in like a superhero movie that you don't traditionally think like, oh, this person would make a good so and so. Always give him a chance. Like I love, I, I I'm a really big fan of Jared Leto. His Joker didn't hit. I don't know if that was, you know, that's to blame on on he or, uh, you know, DC or or whatever the case may be. All right, it's it's not for me to to, to decide whose whose fault it was or wasn't. Um, but I mean, like you said, you also have sometimes that are like, oh, the the, the gay cowboy from Brokeback Mountain is going to be the Joker, and you're just like, what? The guy from A Knight's Tale? Like, yeah. The, 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 you know, like, what the... And then he makes it the most iconic role of his life. So uh, much so, he got an Oscar award for it. Yep. So much so, so, much so that the, that uh, everyone forgot about Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Remember? Which everyone, is- everyone was like, Jack Nicholson, define the Joker. He is the best Joker. People, yeah. and people just forgot so yeah. i'm i'm all in you know with this movie call me matt and nick jackson at the sears center because i am all in brother uh yeah Bat- batman looks awesome i'm excited same thing jeffrey wright i'm all in everything about it then you still have like this stuff colin farrell as the yeah. penguin which like i i love me some colin farrell so what, yeah. what whatever they decide to do with that matt reese movie and it kind of leading to my next point. They they talked a little bit about Flash and Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. I, I saw something. I, I don't I don't know if it was just someone putting it together or someone took it from an actual interview because they did interview Ezra Miller, who's mm-hmm. playing the Flash. Uh, a while back, they had some sort of Flashpoint crossover thing with the Flash TV show over on the CW, yeah. mm-hmm. in which he meets Ezra Miller. And Ezra Miller's like, oh, who are you? He's like, oh, I'm you. I'm the Flash. And he's like, and he goes, what? <laughs> he's like, what? Like, who's the Flash? Apparently, uh, in this Flashpoint movie, like, that's how he gets the name. Like, I guess in the Justice League, nobody ever calls him the Flash. Everyone just calls him yeah. Barry. So, and because they're going full on with like, nope, every Batman, every Superman, all those different iterations that you've always seen, it's all connected. Everything yeah. is. Which is awesome because, as we know, there like Michael Keaton is is in that Flashpoint movie. There was concept art of him in it. Um, it's it's just so good. 
You know, well, and then, like it, the, the fact that they're the fact that they're putting all all of this together, like that they're like, no, we're we're going all in. Um, well, and, in, in that same meeting where he goes, the Flash Hall, and you can see like he's like, that's a good name. He's also touching uh, Grant's costume and saying, "Wow, this looks so comfortable." And I think that also plays in the Flashpoint because he's getting a new, less like armor. And for me, that was one of my, one of my biggest complaints about that Flash. It's like, why would Flash have like armor pieces all over him? Right? That's the least aerodynamic thing ever for a fast guy. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like that Touchstone meeting with uh, the CW universe gives Ezra Miller's flash a bunch of like, Oh wow. Yeah. My shoot, my suit should be more smooth and comfortable. And wow, the flash is a great name for my character, which is great. And like any of you that have listened to us and heard us babble on about, um, the difference between DC and Marvel. Cause let's be honest right now. Marvel's pretty much got a lock on, you know, comic book world building. But like I've mentioned before, I always thought DC's strength is in their deep mythology. They're always like the difference between DC and Marvel to me is like Marvel is everyday people with powers, right? Like famously, it's always like Dr. Banner doesn't want to be the Hulk. So you see his you see the human side or like Peter Parker deals with bullies in high school and stuff. Whereas like DC's side is always like mythological, almost godlike. You know what I mean? You got like Superman, Wonder Woman, even Batman is the he's more Batman than he is Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And they have a, this deep mythology of stories over the course of decades. Like you you don't have to do one continuity and then, you know, that's all you do. You could just do standalone stories. And and we've seen that in you know, Batman v Superman Justice League, but then we had the Joker uh with Joaquin Phoenix, that's a different Batman universe. And now we've got the Batman with uh, Robert Pattinson. That's a third different Batman universe. It doesn't have to be the same. You could just tell a good Batman story and then just be excited. Well, what does this Batman look like? And I think Flashpoint is going to be the catalyst for a lot of that. Well, even then, they they announced Ben Affleck coming back as Batman as well sure. for uh for the for this Flashpoint movie, so it's very interesting to see where they go with everything. Speaking of Ben Affleck as Batman, though, I I loved that trailer for yeah. uh, the the Snyder cut. Um, I very much think it's it's especially they said uh, it's four hours long. I don't know how I feel about that. I'd much rather they cut it up into four one hour kind of like. Yeah, that would be. I and again I'm talking about it with 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 Juan like there are a lot of fundamental issues with the movie with what he presented I very much feel like that it will be better than what we got but at the end of the day it'll still have its problems which is fine you know like let it's in the there's there's DNA problems exactly. But- and you know what? As let him put out what he wanted to put out. Let him put out his movie, and just just to get out of the way, you know. Like yeah. a, a lot of people don't get a second bite at the apple. You know, it's often it's like here's this project. I put blood, sweat, and tears into it. You're either gonna love it or hate it. Yeah. You know, like and that's with every person. You have look at like Steven Spielberg. For every uh, for every Jurassic Park he's made, you have like Hook. You know. Like something that's just like, 
But a lot of people like Hook. What's up? A lot of people like Hook. And a lot of people like Justice League, you know? But it, it's always just like you, you can't always like – have a universal winner exactly you, you no yeah. matter what like i love i love watchmen i love 300 i hated sucker punch i love sucker punch really you see, there you go it, it's always gonna be that but i mean i like i really like the trailer uh i'm i'm excited to watch it i'm gonna watch it regardless so uh yeah i mean i got i have two minor little little nitpicks you know in the grand scheme of things one dark side should have a, a suit he shouldn't have the Omega symbol. His ribs shouldn't be shaped like an Omega symbol. That's weird. Just give him the dark side suit. Give your, you know, give your nod back to the original creation. And then um, everyone's excited to see Black Suit Superman as well as I. But Black Suit Superman doesn't have a cape. Take the cape off. Uh, well, I mean, there's still. I don't think they've done much work as far. Like, I think this was also very much a. What did, what did we get done prior to COVID? All yeah. right, let's show it. Yeah, you know that. That's why like there was just concept art for Flash. That's why there was like that weird uh, concept art comic thing for Black Adam, which I wasn't like a fan of. It's it, that was the worst thing. Yeah, it was like don't don't show me. Don't just have you the said, rock, have the rock come out and talk or something. That's it's almost like and my brother was talking with me about this like. Um, one, it almost looks like they're redoing Scorpion King. Yes. I, and, I I got those vibes from that as well. Yeah, and two, there, there's some... My brother made a point to me, and I, I'm start, it's starting to dawn on me that maybe he's right, is that The Rock can't be a superhero. He yeah. just... He is a superhero. So, like, to put, to put him in another costume is, like... You, you take The Rock and you put him in any era, he doesn't fit. Like, I don't buy him in ancient Egypt. I don't buy him as, like, a fucking steamboat jungle cruise operator. He's just, like, he exists in his own universe. Like, <laughs> and, and just seeing him as, like, I, hey, I was the bad guy. I had to do what I had to do. But now I'm, you know, it's just, like, that. it just seems corny. I don't, I don't know. No, I, I get what you mean. He's too... He's, he's got too much personality. Exactly. But, I, I, I mean, hey, if if there's anyone who can make something work, it tends to be him. It tends to be The Rock. So, why not? Let, let's see. Yeah. Let's see what they can do with this, with this movie. Um, again, without any actual footage of anything. And they haven't filmed anything yet. So I can't fault them, but without having seen anything, uh, I don't know. And then just very quickly to wrap it up. So all you non comic book movie people who are just like, Jesus, what did I tune into? Uh, Suicide Squad looked awesome. Like everything about it looks awesome. King Shark. Whoa. <laughs> oh, King Shark. Every, like the one thing I love about James Gunn is how, how committed he is to no, no, no. Like we're putting everyone in comic accurate costumes yeah, and I'm excited. Well, and, and the thing. a lot of people are scared of that, and that's like that's always the complaints with like, for instance, like the Michael Bay Ninja Turtles movies. You didn't need to change Ninja Turtles, and like that's the complaint everyone has. It's like just be just be confident that the thing that was made that people love, they will love to see it on the big screen as is, you know. And yeah. so 
that's the magic of James Gunn. He's us, and he's like, this is how I'll do it. Same thing with Taika Waititi. Uh, you can change the Thor up in certain ways for the better. Um, and yeah, I James Gunn, I'm on board for whatever he does. That guy has got the Midas touch. But yeah. I'm I'm convinced King Shark is going to be the new Korg. I'm excited for King Shark. I'm exci- yeah. I'm excited for all of it. Like even like I like I don't know who Polka Dot Man is, but David is small chin is playing him and James Gunn is directing him, so I'm sure it'll be fucking awesome. Same thing with uh and like I love the tagline or it's something like don't get too attached or something like that, which means that there's gonna be people dying left and right, which why not? Which it's the suicide squad that it fits. Yeah, task force X like some people have to die, but I'm excited for it. I'm I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, yeah. Another thing I'm really excited about though is this week's interview. We got the chance to talk to uh, Nick Aldis, the NWA World's Heavyweight Champion. You know, the champion, and yeah. it was it was a fun interview. He, he there's a lot of stuff going on with NWA right now. They got a lot of stuff brewing. He's got a lot of projects himself, and it was a really fun chat. We got to talk with him, and. Uh, you'll hear some stuff in the interview, which, uh, funny enough that he brought it up because it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, things are a brewing for, for the NWA, but, uh, without any further ado, you know, Dave and I, we've been rambling on for a while now. Let's go ahead and get into this week's interview with Nick Aldis. David, there's a lot of wrestlers that come in and out the shop at various points throughout the year. I mean, before the pandemic obviously but uh what happened what tends to be the case is there's pro wrestling tees all the guys that work in the back of the shop and one hour tees everyone who works in the front normally when wrestlers come in through the front of the shop it's kind of just everyone's like oh hello no one ever makes a big fuss a few months back we had uh, a visitor in the shop very very handsome man as a lot of people up in the front were saying and again they never make a oh, who's that guy who's that guy never it's just kind of polite hello but when this man came through the shop afterwards everyone in the front they were like whoa who was that and we're like who's that and that was it's nick all this nwa heavyweight champion and they're like it to this day whenever wrestlers come through it'll kind of just like a little comment to the side where it's like yeah but he's no nick all this <laughs> uh, so when, uh we're lucky and fortunately we're lucky enough that uh today we're joined by nick all this nick how are you doing I'm, I'm very good that was uh that that might have been the most flattering introduction i've ever had i mean it's true it, it happens a lot like people assume everyone that works for pro wrestling tees is just a huge wrestling fan and Yes, for pro wrestling tees, everyone in the back, that is the case. You know, we, we all try to play it cool whenever you guys come in through the shop. You know, occasionally be like, hey, could we bother, you know, for like a picture or autograph. But a, a lot of the people up in the front of the shop, they just, you know, they'll they'll know like a, a Mick Foley or maybe like a DDP or someone. But sure. like when you walked through, that was the one thing where everyone was like, whoa, who, who, who's that guy? Yeah, and we're looking like, like a million bucks. Yeah, looking like a million bucks. Like, yeah, that's, and we have your 8x10 up on the wall, too. So every now and then it's just like they're like, oh, he's not that guy. Right. We're like, no, that, that definitely wasn't Nick Aldis. And like, ah, yeah, we're very happy to be speaking to you today. It's it's a big day for you. You just uh, they announced today that you're going to be working with fight, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um They'll be, I'll be, uh, they, they've given me the title of special correspondent, which I, th- I think is uh, 
perhaps um you know a bit of a word salad but you know it's it's uh it's it's nice it's it's you know i'm basically going to be expanding on my broadcasting stuff you know and I've, I've uh people who have followed my career will know that i've dabbled in that a little bit here and there i um hosted the uk strongest band back in the day and uh and obviously have done a, done a bit of stuff uh on the announce table and it's always been well received so much so that that you know a lot of my a lot of my stuff with ring of honor a lot of my best work was probably behind the table so um yeah no and and I'm I'm always I'm always sort of looking for for other opportunities I I like to try to have a lot of different hustles going on and and broadcasting's definitely one that uh, I've been sort of actively pursuing and um I have a great relationship with Fight um Mike Weber and I would work together at TNA and so Mike is always kind of keeping up a dialogue with me and uh we actually touch space about something else um a, a pilot i had shot for for something that i was sort of shopping around and um so mike had taken a look at it and really liked it and then basically said well why don't you know are you interested in working as a broadcaster with us and i said absolutely yeah like it's um and i i, I predominantly wanted to um expand into you know covering other sports um because you know the one thing that i was sort of cognizant of was I think it'll be kind of weird uh, if I'm talking to other wrestlers, you know, about wrestling shows, like certain wrestlers I can do, but some, it would just be kind of awkward, you know, because obviously we're sort of contemporaries and, and if we're going to wrestle each other at some point down the road, it kind of, it, it, it can be distracting or, you know, it sort of takes away some of the magic, I think. So uh, the, the majority of the stuff I'm going to be doing, I think, will be primarily focused on boxing and MMA. I'm a, I'm a big boxing fan and an MMA fan. So, uh, But, you know, Fight have, I mean, they've had a tremendous growth, um, you know, especially in the COVID era. They've been one of the businesses that have been fortunate to, to um, benefit from this pandemic because so many, so many sports that rely traditionally on ticket sales, you know, have, have sort of pivoted to pay-per-view um and fight obviously are able to facilitate that you know for for a lot of different sports at different levels and a lot of people have been experiencing a lot of success with it so because of their expanding portfolio there's sort of a need for more members of the broadcast team and that's where i came in so i'm yeah i'm very excited about it it's definitely i think at least for myself speaking for myself it's a position that you feel well because I have heard you do commentary for Ring of Honor, and it's uh, it's always been one of those things where, like, I've thought to myself, like, oh, maybe once his in-ring career is over, like, that could be a role that you take on because it is always, I feel, uh, a wrestler being on the commentary table brings is just something different. I mean, there's nothing wrong with bringing in different broadcasters, you know, whether they were like at an ESPN or a mm -hmm. TSN, something like that. It just it adds something different to it. Um, but along with you being announced for for fight, there was uh, an announcement as well with uh, about the NWA working with the United Wrestling Network. Uh, you guys are teaming up with Championship Wrestling from Hollywood and Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Uh, How did that come about? Yeah, well, we've had we've had a relationship um, with with them, you know. I mean, really, from the start, because uh, David Marquez, who, who owns, you know, the United Wrestling Network, which sort of encompasses um, Hollywood and Arizona, he he was he was involved with the NWA in, in the previous administration. So um, it was 
it was one of the you know if you go people who are familiar with uh, the, the the NWA in in the Corgan era in my era um, would know that you know a lot of our early stuff. Um, was facilitated at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, so they've been a great they've been a great partner, and, and um, you know they have really they have re- very very good um, you know production values, and obviously David Marquez uh, was a, a stick man for us and an announcer for NWA Power, and he was you know became became a, a really integral part of the show, so it's just you know we're, it's a, it's a very much a sort of synergistic relationship and. Um, this opportunity presented itself uh, with uh, Thunder Studios in Long Beach, California, uh, where there's there's basically a, a weekly time slot available on on traditional pay per view um, for ninety minute show, and you know UWN kind of understood that a, a weekly pay per view is not necessarily a a home run idea, you know, we've, we've seen that in the past with, with the early days of TNA, you know, it's, it's, it's an interesting model, but it's obviously not a long-term thing, but what we saw it as was an opportunity uh, for different promotions and different brands to kind of showcase themselves in in a, in a, in a spot, um, you know, as, as frequently or infrequently as they like. And uh, the NWA has, has sort of latched onto that and, and will be, a significant part of those offerings, you know, in the early going, I, I, again, I don't, I obviously it's not my decision to make, but I, but I have a, a you know, a significant amount of influence, um, in the decisions, but the, uh, what I would, what I would, um, predict that will happen is that, uh, we'll likely have a, a, a sort of strong presence in the beginning. And then as, as this, as we sort of work out our schedules and, and, you know, availability of talent and stuff like that will you'll start to see certain shows become predominantly nwa branded events and you know and then other shows become predominantly branded you know hollywood or so and so or you know and 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 i I, i'm pretty confident in saying this that they're open to working with other promotions also you know obviously um uwn have been working with new japan for for, for the uh new japan strong show so you know I, i i'm sure that there is a hope that that new Japan would, would like to be involved in some of this as well. So it's for us, it's a, it's a good opportunity to get back into a a high quality professional um, production environment to produce some good content. The high caliber level stuff will be on the, you know, will be offered on pay-per-view at a low price point. Um, And the way we look at it is that, look, you know, fans, you know, who follow us closely will, you know, will, will part, will part with their money for certain stuff. And, you know, then certain fans who ordinarily would be buying tickets to go to live events, you know, might might decide to to buy one of these instead. And um, and in the meantime, we also obviously get the use of Thunder Studios, you know, world class facilities where we can produce extra content, other matches, exclusive stuff for our Patreon and, and for our YouTube and stuff. So it's really just a way for us to become operational again. That's that's sustainable because look, we're, you know, we've, we've always been upfront and honest. And that's one of the things that's sort of set the NWA apart. I think is that we've always been authentic and honest with our audience. We don't have a, a, a you know, eight, nine figure budget. You know, we have a, we have a, we have a six or seven figure budget, you know, so we have to be very careful with how we use it. And, um, we all, one thing we all agreed on, was that we really didn't want to go back to Atlanta uh, without fans. 
because, you know, those of you who have watched NWA Power, you know, I think you would know that the fans, the audience is such a significant part of that show. And I know that that's a cliche thing that a lot of people say, like, oh, the fans are a part of the show. But they really are in, on, in our show because, and again, this, is, this isn't this is a knock or a dig at anyone in particular, but our show is our show is very fluid you know it's not it's not um it wasn't rigidly scripted and formatted it was um you know we wanted to have that that organic feel and that kind of feeling that anything can happen and a big part of that was this this great interaction with the audience um we kind of jokingly said that we wished in a lot of ways that we had <laughs> we had taped you know had we known about the pandemic we would have probably held back the power and, and released it during the pandemic because it would have looked so much better than, you know, than, than all the empty arena stuff going on because we sort of took advantage of, yeah, there's only 250 people in that building. And that's why those tickets sold out in, you know, in a, in a matter of hours because people were like, man, this is, this is such a cool experience. It's so different. I mean, we had fans who would come to Atlanta and say, I've been to three WrestleManias and I've been to this and I've been to that and I've been to, you know, Tokyo Dome or whatever. And this is like the most fun I've ever had, you know, because it's just it's it, we created an experience, a different a different kind of experience for a fan where they really felt like they were part of the show, but not in a um, not in a disruptive way, like in a in a very in a very constructive way. And so one thing we sort of all agreed on was that. Um, we didn't want to mess with that magic. So when, you know, wherever we were going to do more content, you know, during this sort of, uh, restricted or no fans sort of era, we wanted it to, we wanted to keep it separate from Atlanta because, you know, that's a special place for us and our brand. You spoke out about power and how it just, it, it, as a whole, it feels different. And I know I'm a fan of the show. I have friends myself who from Chicago have driven down, you know, two tapings and Oh wow! Yeah, and I mean, people really like it. I was invited myself, but it was like right in the midst of one of our sales, so I couldn't just like up and leave. But with Power as a whole, like it did feel different. Like that was the one thing when it premiered. The one takeaway that everyone had was just it's different. And with wrestling, there's there's so much of it, and it's not a complaint. It's great that there's so much wrestling available now because you know if you don't like a particular company. Then there's, you know, if you don't like A, there's B, C, and D for you to choose from. Sure. And yeah. I'm sure even the pickiest of people will find a company that they they like and they will watch that. And with power, it brought back like nostalgia for a lot of people with the way it's filmed. And it was really awesome. Like I've enjoyed all of it. I know, mm -hmm. again, people at the shop, they were fans of it. With you guys having to take, you know, a break, it did kind of it felt like there was like a little bit of like a, a hole missing you know and it probably would have fit in there right now because it would have stuck out more like like you mentioned but i think it's awesome though that you guys are coming back to to put on more shows because again it's even with like everyone kind of trying they're trying to bring some normality back to wrestling it is always interesting to see. It's like, all right, how you know, how is this company going to take their approach to it? Because it, at first, yeah. you know, it was just WWE and AEW, but now you kind of see everyone else. So I know myself, I'm I'm pretty interested in that to see exactly like how what it looks like. That's always the one thing, you know. It's like, what are they going to look like? Yeah, it's um, it, it it it's it's kind of interesting to me too because you know, again, you know, I, I have. Uh, 
you know, a significant amount of input and influence on, on the product. So it's, um, so it's interest. It's fun for me. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a challenge, but it's a kind of like a good challenge. You know, it's, this, it, you know, it's the kind of thing where you, you never in your life would have anticipated that this would be what we would have to figure out. But in a way it's, it, uh, you know, it's it's sort of it's the old adage of you know necessity breeds invention. You know where you sort of go, well, okay, what what are the things that that are better with a quiet audience? What are you know or no audience? And I think that you're seeing that in um, in some of the talent who have who have excelled in this era are the ones that have have got more experience of wrestling all over the world, like like a Daniel Bryan, you know, because. He's wrestled in Japan where the audiences for the most part can be much more quiet and respectful and are watching and paying attention. He's wrestled in Europe and, you know, and in Germany and in the UK and places where, again, certain crowds in England can be very, you know, very still kind of like the old world of sport crowds where they're sort of watching like a sport and they're kind of applauding and they're interacting in a much more um, subtle kind of uh, understated way, you know, as opposed to just like screaming and ah, you suck, you know, like, and so, so, and you see, and you see guys, the guys who have that experience are, are able to modify. And it's interesting because they're kind of being exposed a little bit because they're, you know, cause they're kind of, I think I, 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 you know, and again, this isn't, this isn't, uh, please, this isn't about anyone in particular, but a few, few times I've, I've watched this, you know, I've tuned into a show or whatever. And I've seen guys like, G up a crowd that isn't there, you know, to do a yeah. dive or something. And I sort of go like, there's no one there. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like it's kind of like there, there are these sort of, um, there are these kind of automatic kind of, uh, responses that, that, that some wrestlers are doing where, you know, and, and you're kind of watching and I'm, and I'm sitting there and I'm at first, I really wasn't, I was kind of glad that we weren't under a lot of pressure to, to do more stuff because, you know, who wants to wrestle in an empty building. Right. But right. The more the more I've sat on the sidelines and the more I've watched, you know, other other shows and other things, it's sort of it's given me pause to sort of take notes of stuff that is working and stuff that isn't. And okay, how can we be different? Because like to your point, that is a very conscious effort on our part to is to be different. Like the the whole point of doing the studio show was that we said, look, we we could get a ring. We could get a nice building, we could get a big fancy entrance and we can get lasers and, you know, a big video screen and all the other stuff. And I mean, especially because we had the relationship with Ring of Honor, we had access to all that stuff. So we could have we could have created, you know, a very comparable looking television product to to any of the other brands out there at this point. But what would be the point? Whereas we looked at it and 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 said, okay, we wanted to be the brand that that focused primarily on uh, personalities and the sort of traditional values, but with a modern delivery system, that, that, that system being YouTube and being digital. So like we're, we're, I, I love when people always say, Oh, you're like a throwback and, you know, retro and all these different words, you know, old school. And it's like, we are, but to a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, a lot of the younger fans have never seen studio wrestling. So, to them, it's new, and that's again. It was why it was a conscious decision on our part to go go that way because we went okay for the for the lapsed fans and for the fans who are sort of you know aficionados of the product. They'll it will be fresh to them because they haven't seen it for so long, and it will and it will you know hopefully 
whip up some feelings of nostalgia and some you know real genuine sentiment. But for newer fans, they'll just kind of see this and be like, this is, what is this? Like, this is a totally different situation. Like, we weren't pretending that we were in a big arena and we only had 200 people. No, we were like, no, this is a television studio. Like, and this is, and we're taking advantage of that. Like, we could, like, a promo, you know, a guy could be cutting a promo and one guy could shout out something in the stands and you can hear it and you can respond to that one person and the whole you know, there's and there's been some real magic moments from that with the guys. But again, it takes the right talent. And that's why we assembled, you know, what I consider to be the best roster in the best, the best promo roster in the business, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I mean, obviously Eddie Kingston was one of those guys and he's been snapped up and rightfully so. But, you know, but for us, it was like myself, Eli Drake, you know, Tim Storm, Aaron Stevens, James Storm. You know uh, Eddie Kingston, and you know, and 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 the girls. Allison Kay's great promo, Thunder Rosa. You know, it was like all these all these talent who were comfortable on the mic, but more importantly, were comfortable in that pressure cooker environment of like something may happen that you have to react to on you know a split second, and that's that's really the, the what I consider to be the magic of of our show. Um, and again, was was why we didn't want to we didn't want to sort of taint that by by doing it without an audience. But yeah, it, it's um, you know we've had some amazing feedback, and our our intention was always to make a show that could have the appeal to go mainstream. Like we wanted to make an entertaining television show, but we also we wanted it to move fast. Like we wanted it to be like really you know fresh and and interesting and put a smile on people's faces you know because the business i love the business of course i do we all do but goddamn sometimes it takes itself a bit too seriously you know yeah and we wanted to put a product out where you don't have to you don't have to take the business seriously you don't have to sit there and be like oh he's getting buried or oh, he's getting a push you know and all this kind of you can just be kind of like, well, look at this guy, you know, and before you know it, like the segment's over or and it's just like fun. And then, but, but when the time is right and you've got the angle that, you know, is the important one, you know, for example, like when Marty and I did the serious sit down, you know, to set up the, the match at Crockett cup that never happened. It was like, those are the moments where you go, okay, now it's time to get serious. You know, we, we, we gave people that sort of levity, but when we, you know, we turned it on at the right time and, to me, like that's that's the beauty of the business, and and um, as much as it's been a you know a very frustrating and a, you know a bit of a, a bit of a kick in the nuts to sort of have to to you know sit out and kind of you know all our momentum kind of you know evaporated. At the same time, I'm just as confident now as I was when we were when we were you know cooking with gas because uh, because I know that we have the resourcefulness because we we have. We have everything we had before, plus more experience now. So I mean, it's um, we, we always say, you know, we've got to win them over one at a time. And and anyone who's listening to this who hasn't yet checked it out, you know, every episode of NWA Power is available at any point, anytime. YouTube.com/slash/NWA. Uh, you know, there's 21 episodes to date. You know, go back and 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 check them out and binge watch them because 
even now, you know, every day we get, we get someone, you know, we, I get contacted by some fan who says, Oh my God, I just discovered this. Like I just, I just found this. Someone just told me about this show and I haven't watched wrestling for 20 years or I haven't watched wrestling for 30 years. And Oh my God, I love this show. Some people haven't even watched wrestling. They've never watched wrestling. You know, we, we had a, we had a whole family who I did a, who are now top tier Patreons with us, who I did a, a, you know, a zoom call with, like with our top tier Patreons and they, and, you know, and I sort of always ask them about, when they became fans and how they got into, you know, they got into wrestling and stuff. And this one, this whole family, uh, you know, uh, 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 husband and wife and their daughter. And they just said, we, well, we, we just started watching this. We, we just, we were, we, um, like, like the, uh, the wife was a big fan of Billy and the, and the pumpkins. And she had noticed him, you know, talking about it a lot. So she was like, oh, let me check out Billy's wrestling thing. And they were just like, oh my God, this is so fun. You know, and they, and, and now they're like diehard fans and they're like, oh, what's, what's going to happen with this? And what's going to happen with, you know, Stevens and oh, like, you know, who's going to challenge next? And like, that, that's, a, that's an amazing feeling because that's, that's really what the business has to do. And it's what I wish more of my contemporaries in the business were focusing on was attracting new fans because there's always a turnover, you know, and I, I kind of feel that one of the reasons that, the, the overall audience for the business has waned is because everybody's uh, focused very, very heavily on the audience that is already watching but instead of, uh, you know, catering to them to a point, but also making sure that the show is, is digestible and manageable for a new audience member. Yeah. Well, I, I personally think uh, that's what the magic sauce of power is, is that, um, you know, a lot of times with other wrestling companies that we won't name, but like um, they'll really hang on the nostalgia part where they'll bring out older acts that, uh, you know, they'll do it like every two years. And then you'll hear very vocal fans say, yeah, but like, what about, what about the main roster that's been there the whole time? And you guys have really, you've captured nostalgia in a way um, that, that doesn't exclude your current roster. You've captured the feeling of the nostalgia rather than trotting out an old act. And, you know, sometimes that's not bad, but um, just watching, you know, the promo uh, sections and you can hear the crowd and, and it evokes, you know, Dusty Rhodes. It evokes like Ric Flair and the energy. And like when you watch old videos like that, you get refreshed. And you're like, wow, I wish wrestling was like that. And you brought that back um, without um, leaning too heavily on like, cheap nostalgia do you, do you know what i'm saying yeah no i do i do and and i appreciate that because you know it is a fine line you know and we have we have um we have rolled out a few legends obviously you know the rock and roll express mm-hmm. have been a huge part of our show and and you know what we got um we you know we we I, I wouldn't say pushback but we were aware that there was gonna always there's always gonna be some comments you know, when we did the, the title match with Ricky Morton and I, mm-hmm. but I, I said this from the beginning and I even put a post out about it because I have so much respect for Ricky. I wanted the fans to know that that was me. I wanted that match. Right. So if you're going to, so my, 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 my whole thing on that was like, if I'm going to be the world champion and represent the promotion and represent the brand that, that, that comes with good and bad, right? Like that was my, because, and so I basically said, so here's, this, is, this is a little scoop for you. This is, I don't think I've talked about this before, but um, when when we were getting ready to shoot that season of the show, we had someone else in mind um, for 
for a title match that was, you know, for that, for, we were going to do that one feature length episode, Superpower. And we had somebody in mind who had not, who we hadn't booked before. And they were going to sort of be a big surprise and, and, and this and that. And then unfortunately, you know, something happened where they, they basically couldn't, they couldn't come. They had other commitments and, and, you know, their other commitments um, basically made it impossible for them to come. And we weren't scrambling, but we were kind of like, we had a, we had had like maybe a, a week or two before the tapings and we were sort of sitting there going like, okay, do we, do we break out the checkbook and try to entice, you know, a bigger name from somewhere? Do we, you know, what do we do? Where do we go? And we're just kind of thinking it through. And I, you know, and I'm sort of thinking it through and I, and I was the one who threw it out there and I said, well, let me work a title match. Let me have a title match with Ricky Morton. I actually do because, and I said, here's the thing that our fans love him. They love, they love Ricky and Robert and they've, worked so hard like they've you know that they, they're well aware of the fact that they are not uh, as you know they they don't have the same spring in their step that as they did in the 80s but they are still you know they still have that thing they have that you know that it factor and it's um and for me it, w- it was just like this is a once in a lifetime opportunity you know one of my uh, flair and ricky morton's one of my favorite matches one of my favorite matchups you know and so if you know for me i said okay i just basically said billy if let let me do this let me let me wrestle ricky you know this one's for me and i promise you we'll 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 tell a you know we'll tell a great story and we'll make it fun and we'll you know we'll get these people into it and if people shit on it i'll i'll take the heat you know what i mean because i'll just say look this one was for me um and I think that people kind of appreciated that honesty because there was, you know, there were a few, you know, kind of comments to the effect of, oh, my God, you know, I can't believe like this, you know, a guy his age and, you know, you guys are like, you know, having giving him a title match when you've got all these guys. And I and I just put that to bed because I went, no, no, you don't understand this. I wanted this match for me because I wanted to get to I wanted to say that I wrestled Ricky Morton for the for the NWA World's Championship once. You know what I mean? So. I think when you have that, again, it, it comes down to authenticity. It comes down to honesty with the audience. Um, you know, that's again where, where we try to stand out. We we have we we don't try to if, if we do something that, that people just absolutely hate and they don't like, we just kind of hold our hands up and go, "Hey, man, sorry. We'll you know we tried it. You know, you guys didn't like it. Like message received. You know, we'll kind of let's move on. Like we don't sort of pretend that it didn't happen or, or, or sort of go, Oh, they, you did like it, you know, like, well, we're telling you to like it. You know, we, we just kind of go like, well, there you go. You know, you can't win them all. And, uh, and, and I think that people appreciate that honesty with, with the brand, but, um, yeah, we've always tried to marry the, 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 the acts that we feel sort of, um, complement what we're doing the best, like with, like with Steiner, you know, I'm, I love Scott and Scott's been a big part of my career. He's, you know, people don't know this, but he's really spoken up a lot for me and he did, you know, dating back to TNA and everything. He, you know, he was always, um, kind of, you know, going to bat for me. And so, you know, that was, again, it was like, he's in Atlanta. It would be a cool little, you know, you know, and ultimately what does everyone want to see Scott Steiner do? They want to see him cut a promo. And what better place for him to cut a promo than the, the, you know, the power podium, because it's just a totally different, it's so much more intense. It's one thing to walk out with a microphone in the middle of a ring 
you know, and sort of recite some soliloquy that, you know, that no one cares about. But it's like a whole other thing to walk out in this, like at the podium where the camera's right there in front of your face and you've got the audience right there staring at you, you know, they're, they're, they're yards away from you and you've got, and you've got an interviewer there asking you questions that you've got to, you know, you've got to react to and you've got to cut your promo around the questions. And it's like, who, you know, that's, that's what we want. So we go, okay, let's figure out a way to do it. And then we, you know, and then we put them in a six man tag so that we're not, you know, so we're not overexposing any, you know, any, any sort of limitations that those guys have because they are legends and we don't want to, we don't want to, we, we, we want to showcase them the best of their abilities and the best of ours. And, you know, for a lot of guys, it's like, I think, I think the audience sort of appreciate that to a lot of guys, they're like, hell yeah, I get to work a match with Scott Steiner, you know? And that's like, and they, they kind of understand that that's a part of this too. It's, it's, it's also about professional um, bucket list stuff for the talent. You mentioned, you know, having to, in an instance like that, having to rely on an older legend and someone that you had available to you right there. Uh, Eddie Kingston, someone who's no longer with NWA, <laughs> along with uh, Ricky Starks. Are there any independent talents out there right now that you kind of have your eye on that you would like to, you know, at some point work with an NWA or try to, you know, incorporate into the current product that you guys are putting, whether it's like a, a one-off or something like that? Um, <clears throat> well, my, my knowledge, even, you know, even, even, even though I've lived in the States for 10 years, my, um, my sort of knowledge of top independent talent is definitely better, uh, when it comes to British talent. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, before, again, obviously it's not, not really, not really an option at this point in time, but prior to the pandemic, you know, there was, I, I had been sort of um, kicking around names like Rampage Brown and um, uh, uh, Yeston Reese, um, you know, a few, a few other British guys who I felt, uh, Shah Samuels, like guys who I felt fit, uh, you know, the, the criteria for sort of what makes our show different, you know, um, the sort of intensity, the kind of believable, rugged style and the, and the you know, the, the mic skills. Um, and then uh, stateside, uh, you know, I don't know necessarily independent because let's face it. I mean, now there are so many companies that are signing guys to contracts that they're really, you know, the, the, the minute that you kind of get a, you know, good and, uh, to a high enough level, uh, that, that you're, you know, that you would be what, what I, you know, what I would consider to be, you know, high caliber enough to be on our show. The chances are that there's any number of, other companies that are looking to sign you as well. So it's like, but I can say that there are a few guys in MLW whose names, whose names come up a lot that I would be like, Hey, that would be great if we could make it happen one day, like Hammerstone or, uh, or, or Davey boy Smith jr. Um, uh, there's, there's still guys in ring of honor that I want to, you know, I, I, we never, we never got to, um, we never got to wrap up me and PCO, uh, yeah, and there's, there's, you know, there's a few other guys at ring of honor who I think, you know, were very interested in trying to sort of make a match happen with me because they'd seen the, they'd seen the feeling that it got, you know, com, you know, especially even at ring of honor, you know, we, we, we helped, we helped boost, boost them too. You know, it was, we, it was, again, it was a very, very good, um, uh, symbiotic relationship between those two brands because they had tremendous resources and we had, 
we kind of had the buzz, you know what I mean? We had that, we had a bit more momentum going on like, like, you know, last year going into this year. And I think a lot of guys kind of realized that. And then, and then, um, a few of their guys came and, you know, were on a few episodes of power and they went back and then, you know, the next time we were at a ring of honor show, they were just gushing to all the guys like, Oh man, like the atmosphere is ridiculous. Like, Oh my, you walk out, people are like, so into everything. There was a few guys at ring of honor who I think that with the right, the right build, you know, and the right, um, the, the, the right circumstances I'd like to work with, you know, like Jay lethal and, um, you know, Taven and a few other guys. And <laughs> here's the thing. I, we've, we've been the ones from the beginning saying that we don't really believe in the, in the, uh, the barriers of, of guys being under contract, different promotions. It's been evidenced by the fact that I've defended the title in ring of honor, you know, and I've defended the title all over the world, you know, I think seven different countries at this point, four different continents, um, and against, you know, multiple opponents. And, you know, even with, you know, with, with Cody, you know, where Cody was under contract to ring of honor at that time. So it's like, we've always been open to the idea of, of, of making it, making a deal happen with whomever. And, um, and we stand by that. And we, you know, I truly believe that you could see, you could see me or, you know, you or any of our, any of our roster show up anywhere. And conversely, we are open to the idea of, you know, talents who are contracted to other promotions, you know, showing up and competing in an NWA ring at some point. So, I mean, you know, I, I can tell you for a fact that Eddie Kingston still wants to still, he still wants to wrestle me for the title. He still wants to make that happen. And I'm, I'm more than open for business on that, you know, and, and let's face it, you know, the, the conversation of oldest Cody three has never really gone away. And again, they know where I am. Like, you know, make the price right. Well, you, you mentioned that match and like we would re- be remiss not to bring it up also since we had such big involvement in All In. Um, sure. But like your match with Cody was probably the favorite match of most of the employees here at Pro Wrestling Tees. I mean... Uh, we, we were talking to some people downstairs, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that that was like one of our favorite matches." Um, I, I think part of the magic of All In was it almost seemed like this uh, Super Bowl or maybe like a gigantic showcase of different wrestlers from different promotions. And yes, it, it was kind of like a refreshing look at maybe like an alternate future where hey, all these guys can coexist on a, like a super show, right? And, and I understand you got to kind of keep company boundaries you know, most of the time, but like, um, when, when it comes to dream matchups, there's so many good wrestlers out there now. Um, and I think most of the companies out there should be willing to kind of cross promote cause it, it you know, a rising, I don't know the, t- the rising tide. Yeah. Rising tide raises all ships. Rising tide lifts all ships. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like, I think the, f- the future is ripe for something like that. And, um, I really hope to see, Aldis Cody three, that would be great. Um, I mean, even with even with every like you mentioned, a lot of foreign talent isn't able to come into the states mm-hmm. right now, and like I don't see again aside from this imaginary boundary of like no, like everyone can work together because it's impossible to make you know four or five different wrestling shows the best they can be with limited resources, mm-hmm. no fans, and like limited wrestlers 
that's always been one of the more refreshing takes about like nwa is that mm-hmm. you guys are so open to working with everyone and then conversely like hey anyone can come through the doors with nwa being open like again to working with anyone uh one of the interesting questions that was like posed to us was uh if you had the chance to work with any uh past nwa champion uh who would it be because again when, when people think nwa champion it's mostly dusty mostly rick flair that you you know instantly think of but there is quite a number of past champions is there anyone in particular you know if you could go back and work with them now uh that you you know you'd want to go one-on-one with i think well i think you got to put harley in that conversation mm-hmm. too because yeah. i think he was the perennial to me he was the real you know along with flair with this was the sort of perennial world champion like he you know he i talked about this recently in another interview but people don't People don't. People love to talk about Harley, uh, how tough he was. Like, oh, he was so tough, and he was, you know, he would, you know, he beat up three guys in a bar, and you know, and all this. And then he, all that stuff is true about him. He, he was, you know, he is. A, he was an incredibly tough man, and a, you know, very salty, and a, and a man's man. But as a performer, God, he was smooth and generous, and like just made his, you know, made his opponents look like a million bucks. You know, if you go back and watch, like, I think I always felt like my, the, my favorite Jerry Lawler matches are with Harley race, you know, because I, I just felt like Harley made Lawler knock on, on Lawler at all. But it was like, because it was Harley, it was like Lawler. You could see there was like a different level of, kind of aggression and, and, you know, and, and grit in his stuff. And it was like, ah, you know, because it was Harley and like Harley brought that out of people. Um, and that, that's, I've tried to model myself after Harley, you know, and that sort of, um, he, you know, he, 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 again, people love to talk about flair with the suits and everything, but Harley was also, was always well-dressed. He always made sure he rolled up in a nice car. He always, made sure he was an ambassador for the, for the business. Um, <clears throat> having said that, I think if you're asking me who I would like, who, you know, if I could wrestle any uh, NWA champion from the past um, in terms of who I think I could, you know, have them have the best match with, uh, it would probably be steamboat mm. um, based on my, you know, because like, I, I know I lend myself better to being the the antagonist, you know, so you need that really great protagonist that, you know, that, that, that great sort of baby face. Uh, another one would probably be, it would either be uh, Steamboat or, or Jack Briscoe, probably mm-hmm. like just for that sort of, just for that. I, I like to, I like to have those kind of matches where I like to be in control and I like to be able to, you know, be there for the sort of, for the fiery baby face comeback and the, you know, and the athletes, you know, to show, I like showcasing my opponent's sort of athleticism and, and then being able to kind of, you know, that cat and mouse kind of story, you know, that's why, that's why, uh, that's why I've always sort of, um, that's why one of the reasons I think Cody and I had good chemistry because I think personality wise that we, we seem to be very parallel, but there's like enough of a physical difference between us, where even though we, you know, it doesn't look, it, we look like we match up well, but there's, I have just enough of a sort of size and physical advantage where I can still work the way I like to work and cut. And I can sort of bring out the best of Cody and in, in kind of the same way that, um, 
like like I mentioned before with with Harley, you know, when he would wrestle Jerry Lawler, I think I think that when I wrestle Cody, I think that people see a different level of intensity from Cody that perhaps isn't or he can, you know, because because of the because of the intensity of the rivalry, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, definitely. Um, another thing that I'm not sure how how often it's brought up in wrestling, but uh, with the current COVID crisis. A lot of a lot of kids have to stay at home, and you know yourself and your wife. You guys have your own child at home. Has all this, you know? I mean, I know your wife was injured, and you know, with you not being able to to put on the shows, has it made parenting easier for you guys? You know, both of you guys being at home, or has it been harder? Like, what's that experience like now that you guys are forced to be at home? Uh, it's. Def- I think it's helped. It's. It, it, the the benefit has been, you know, the the family unit has definitely uh, strengthened because of, because we've had more time all together as a family. Um, yeah, it's tough, man. You know, he's he's five, so he's at school age now, and um, it's you know we're we're actually right now we're in this sort of process of sort of going okay, are we what are we doing? Because there are you know there we're looking at private schools for him and. You know, there, there is that option and we're kind of going, OK, do we do part time and then part time homeschool? Do we do full homeschool? Do we hire someone to come and, you know, because the thing with homeschooling is like it's all well and good. And, I, and I'm I'm confident that I would be able to do it. It's just it's the time, mm-hmm. you know, because it's 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 kind of it's full time thing. And, and with a kid that age, it's you know, you can't sort of just tell him, OK, Right, you know, you have to sit here with this iPad and and do this, <laughs> do your schoolwork. Like he doesn't, you know, it's got to, you know, it's just it's got to be more interactive than that. So, um, it's tough. We've been, you know, we've definitely been, we've been uh, attacking it from a lot of different angles. We've been doing a lot of ABC Mouse and uh, getting different workbooks and different, you know, my my, my aunt um, is a is a teacher, you know, who who actually teaches the kindergarten age kids. So I've been sort of consulting with her and sort of, you know, getting her advice. And we've got a couple of good friends who are teachers. So it's like we, we, we've been we've been proactive, but I think we're, we're here in Tennessee. Uh, there are, you know, some of the schools are reopening, but I we're probably looking at private school um you know but yeah it's been uh, yeah the, the 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 schedule has been nice for us as a family you know we're we're very lucky that you know we we were both able to keep our jobs um so you know we that was not i i have tremendous empathy with with anyone who's you know facing these same challenges and also you know facing the financial hardships of of being let go or furloughed or you know, or just, or as an independent contractor, just not having any work. So it's, you know, we're, we're counting our blessings on that, on that side of it. But, um, yeah, just, you know, just, just trying different things and seeing what sticks, making sure we put him first. So as we sort of wind down here, uh, two questions that we always like to ask, um, every guest we have on, it just, it always yields different like responses, interesting responses is the first being, do you remember the first piece of wrestling merchandise that you owned, you know, be it something someone gifted you as a kid or that you yourself, you know, went to a show and purchased? Uh, uh, toys was definitely the, to- it was the Hasbro <laughs> toys. Yeah. It was the Hasbro action figures. Um, I, <laughs> this is, this, this is a testament to the quality of the WWF m- marketing uh, that I knew 
the names of all the wrestlers, uh, you know, and, and their, you know, their sort of mythology, you know, or their sort of background, whatever you want to call it, you know, because obviously we're talking about the sort of gimmick heavy era. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew all of those wrestlers uh, and I didn't watch the show when I was a kid, when I was a small child. Like I didn't, I never watched wrestling because we didn't, my, you know, we didn't have Sky. You had to have Sky to, to watch WWF in England at that time. And we didn't have Sky. My parents were like, nope, <laughs> you can't have Sky, you know. And so like I, I never, you know, it was, I don't, I just, I just remember like I would get my, my, you know, my friends would give me VHS tapes and stuff, but like Bret Hart was my hero. And, but I, you know, but I, but I still, I had, I had the, I had the ring with the, the uh, sound effects um, board, the soundboard was like, you know, er, ding, ding, you're out, you know, that. Uh, and I had the, you know, the spring loaded Hasbro figures. And I mean, they were, they were legit, like my favorite toys for a good solid run there. And, um, and then I would get the, um, they would always put out the, the annuals, like where they had all the, you know, and, and again, for whatever reason, even though I didn't really watch it sort of on a regular basis, like I still would like, I would ask for the annual and I would have, all, you know, so I'd be sitting there reading about the undertaker and Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior and earthquake and typhoon, you know? And, um, so that, though, yeah, those were definitely my first, it was the, the annuals and the action figures. Uh, was, yeah, those were my, I didn't, I didn't really, I was never really a big t-shirt guy. Like I didn't really, I didn't, I, I, I wanted a DX shirt, I think. Uh, and then I wanted a, uh, I, I wanted a, a just bring it shirt from the rock. And that was about it. I didn't really, I, I wasn't really that bothered about shirts. I was very similar to you in that, in the way of, uh, with star Wars there, I the, the first, any exposure to anything star Wars that I saw was Spaceballs. Uh, right. And so like all this other star Wars stuff, I knew what it was just because again, they like George Lucas knows how to market a toy. And so I, I knew who all these things were, and it wasn't until like I went to go see uh, Phantom Menace, where I was just like, "Oh, okay." I'm like, none of these, <laughs> none of these toys that I have are in any of this movie. I, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, but the second question that we ask is, uh, "What is your favorite piece of wrestling memorabilia that you own? Whether it was something you know you purchased or that was gifted to you, or you know, I mean, you've been wrestling for a while now. I imagine you know you must have you know a thing or two that." means significant amount to you um i don't know if i don't know if i would, i don't know if i could call it memorabilia um but there's a picture of there's a picture of me and harley race uh shaking hands that that sits right above my desk uh in my office which is um one of my you know i i'd call it one of my sort of prized uh wrestling possessions uh it was it was the last. It was actually the last interview that Harley ever did was with me, which was kind of you know humbling. Um, we I sat down and interviewed him for 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 the NWA channel uh, last year, and you know, and uh, so it was so that and there's only just got this really great you know where they, uh, they they managed someone snapped a really great picture of a sort of mid handshake. Um, so that's probably that's probably up there, and then. Um, like, I don't know. I, you know, I, I, I'm not a very, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that keeps 
like every single thing I've ever done, you know, every single piece of merchandise and every single, um, you know, program that I've been in or, you know, stuff like that. And maybe I should, you know, maybe I should have been more, uh, maybe I should have had more of a sense of, of, um, <laughs> of, of, uh, prosperity with that. But I just, yeah, I, I, so, I mean, like I have, I have my, um, my other action figures, like I've had a couple with TNA and I had one with gladiators and I have those. And, but again, I don't, it's not like I, um, kept them in the box or anything. I just like, I, you know, one of them sitting on my bookshelf and the other one's sitting up in my son's room. And he, you know, <laughs> like it's, he plays this one of his toys. Like it's, you know, so it's like, I, 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 I tend to, um, I, I don't really have a, a like I said, a sort of mer like, um, memorabilia wise, like I have some cool, um, I have some cool stuff from, from what, what, you know, from this recent stuff we've done, but yeah, and this is the thing I, I, I genuinely believe that what I've done with the NWA in the last, you know, three years or going on for three years is kind of the defining stuff of my career at this point, even though it's, you know, I, for a lot of people, you know, for someone who was from the outside looking in, they would be like, wait, you were on a, you know, national TV show on cable TV and in primetime and you wrestled Sting and Kurt Angle and Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. And I was like, but it was like, but for me, I think this is, you know, and I think fans would probably agree too, that this is sort of really the defining sort of part of my career now. So I've definitely been more interested in keeping what we've done because I feel like I've been more of a part of it, you know? And, um, uh, but you know, I obviously have tons of great pictures and, you know, nice sort of, you know, memories of, of, of various things I've done over the years, but yeah, man, I just, I don't, I, I tend to sort of focus on moving forward. I don't, I don't have a sort of look at me room or anything like that. <laughs> I just like, I keep stuff. I remember like my, my sister was pregnant when I was, um, when I first got on TV doing gladiators and just because she was kind of bored, because she was she was you know at home you know waiting to have a baby, she was she was busy collecting up. And you know you have to understand that gladiators in the UK, you know it was it was you, you know there was a heavy heavy media coverage. Like it was, I was in like all these legitimate sort of mainstream publications and TV shows and stuff. And I remember one day she just like brought me this huge box. And she had just like that. She would go to the she would go to the store every day and look through the magazines and any so any articles that were about me. She would clip them and put them in the box. And she just like, gave them all to me. And I was just like, wow, this is nuts. You know, like, thanks. You know, but, and like it's it's still it's still at my parent it's at my parents' house in England because I, I was just kind of like, thanks. I don't really know what to do with this. Like, <laughs> but you know that, that's cool. But so it's like I'm sure like I have more stuff than I. I'm probably remembering off the top of my head, but yeah, I, um, you know, nowadays it's easy cause everything's sort of digital, you know, everything's, everything's, everything lives forever on the internet. So yeah. I'm definitely have to going to have to guilt my sister now into like, Hey, listen to all my, all the podcasts, get audio clippings of your favorites <laughs> ones and put it to, you know, give Make it to me a shadow box. Yeah. But like, give it to me in a flash <laughs> yeah. drive so I can listen back to it. Uh, but Nick, thank you yeah. so much. It, it was a pleasure speaking to you. Uh, where can people find you online? Uh, on, on Twitter and Facebook at real Nick Aldis. Um, I'm verified on Twitter. So look for the check. And then on Instagram, it's just at Nick Aldis. 
uh, and you can go to nickaldis.com and that, that, that's a landing page for all my other stuff like uh, the superstar body and, and anything else I've got going on. And then everything NWA is very simple on social media. It's at NWA um, across all the major platforms. And then youtube.com slash NWA. Uh, if, again, if you haven't, if you haven't checked out our stuff, um, I, I really hope that you give us a chance, uh, you know, with power or the 10 pounds of gold series. Um, there's, there's some amazing, amazing episodes of that too, particularly like the one that covers all in, for example, it's a really, you know, it's a really unique look at, you know, a real groundbreaking event. Um, and, and there's a bunch of other stuff on there as well, you know, covering all kinds of different stuff, including like, like the sit down with Harley race and, you know, a lot of different things. So we've, we've really, we've really worked hard to build a, a big, a big sort of digital brand. So, um, yeah, youtube.com slash NWA, uh, and, you know, check that out. And if you do, you know, hit us up and, and let us know what you think. We're always interested in new fans. Awesome. And I know us over here, Pro Wrestling Tees, we're super excited for the, you know, for the debut episode of the, you know, you guys with the United Wrestling Network, uh, which is September yeah. 15th, right? At nine. Eastern. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. All right, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Yeah. On, 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 uh, uh, regular pay-per-view and on fight TV, September 15th. Awesome. We look forward to seeing what the NW has and, uh, Hopefully you keep, you know, keep the 10 pounds of gold for another 500 plus days. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you again to Nick Aldis for that interview. Uh, funny enough, you know, he talked about how, oh, like we're open to working with different companies. These imaginary borders don't really exist. And then you have Thunder Rosa challenge uh, Sheeta for the AEW women's title at uh, All Out. They're excited about that. Like it's it's awesome seeing different companies work together. I guess especially right now when rosters are so limited and you're doing the best with what you can. Like make it fun. Make it a little interesting. Like yeah. mess with the status quo. It doesn't have to be any any certain way and anyone who tells you otherwise is just lying to you. But yeah, well even as like uh you know AEW has been trying to do their best to kind of shake things up and, hey, we're not going to give the same project. Even they suffer from the same problems of, we've got a great roster, we can't showcase it. I mean, even like Scorpio Sky this week tweeted like, hey, it'd be nice to get on Dynamite sometime soon, you know? And it's like, yeah, well, if you have talents that aren't being used, why not give them a chance to go make some noise somewhere else? I mean, it really doesn't hurt AEW or any other company to kind of cross promote. Um, and anytime something like that happens, it always generates a good buzz. I, other than maybe the, the Enzo cast fight thing. Oh. At, uh, yeah, that, but again, that, that wasn't the two companies really working with each other on that specific thing. They, it was, uh, it was a uh, ring of honor going into business for themselves. Exactly. But uh, as long as you don't do that, I think there's really great opportunities. And the Thunder Rosa thing, perfect example of what uh, Nick was talking about. Uh, and I'm excited to see it. I'm very excited. I'm also excited for a friend of the show, uh, Killer Cross, who, yes. listen, we interviewed this guy almost a year ago now. We interviewed him in October. Yeah. Really fun interview that we put out with him. It was really good, really insightful. Got in, you know, into Kevin Cross, the person behind behind Killer Cross, just kind of hearing how he goes about not just conducting everyday normal life, but the 
the complexities of putting together his the character that he is and just you know that was really good there was some stuff that we had to cut out though that you know we we didn't want to we didn't want to put out and he kind of the same thing with him where he's like i mean we shouldn't put this out like yeah listen a year ago this dude was miserable the tna wasn't even using him he wasn't sure what his future was and now like dude's on top of the world like he came in at wwe they strapped the rocket to his back and the guy's been killing it like absolutely killing it since he came in like he won the nxt world title yesterday and like again i'm not the closest with him you know you have someone like Vinny who's who's, (laughs) since day one since I yep. met Vinny, he's been telling me about his friend Kevin Cross and, you know, how he should be a bigger household name and, and all that. And, like, that guy's got to be super proud of his bud. I'm I'm happy for him. I'm proud of him as well. Like, good for fucking him, you know? Like, he, he took a really shitty situation and made the best of it. And, like, good on him, man. He, he, deserves, he deserves everything. Yeah, I mean, from, from our interview, and I don't know if you got this from him, but, like, just watching him and seeing how frustrated he was. And uh, it, it almost reminded me of like an angry bull at a rodeo, just waiting behind the gate, just yep. like open this gate and watch what happens. And he got out of his contract and, you know, the world is starting to see like when you're in that space, you, you could do one of two things. You can get uh, real negative and real down and self-destruct, right. And hurt yourself with that poison or, you can take that time, reevaluate what's going on, and and build a plan. And that's what this guy did. And he he was just like, "Yeah, give me a chance to to run free, and I'll show you guys." And and it it came to bear here uh, with uh, NXT. And let's see, I mean, he he's been building this character for a while. I can't wait to see him on uh, on the more national stage. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what comes from him uh speaking of wrestlers i was uh i was looking for some this weekend uh i actually had friend of the show steven burton reach out and he was like hey the the walmart's over by me might have some figures like you know like if you want me to to find some and i was like yeah hey i'm like if you can find some let, let me know what's there you know because like i've been looking for them i know some people at the shop have been looking for them so i was just like hey if you find some let me know what you find and you know, we'll take it from there. And he also, he was like, hey, if you use uh, this promo code at ringside, you get uh, like 10% off or something like that, um, yeah. which I immediately used to uh, pre-order wave two of those figures because uh, yep. I was like, that way I don't have to go through this headache. I've never been a figure guy, but now, like, again, with as, like, as involved that we are with AEW and like seeing everything grow firsthand and like how hard these people are working. Mm-hmm. I'm very, like I very much want these, you know, but, uh, Steven, unfortunately he's like, oh, I wasn't able to find them, which again, I was just like, Hey, thank you so much for even thinking about like me thinking about us and like reaching out. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I was on the prowl this weekend, just going around the suburbs, uh, looking for figures couldn't find any unfortunately but uh i did find a wrestler that that i was very happy to see in uh one project monix pat monix i saw her buddy he was uh the wrestlers were over here training at the school and he was there and it was like funny because i 
like I always feel bad just like walking through their classes and interrupting them. So I went the long way around and I'm like, I'm in my car and you know, they all see me, everyone's like waving and uh Miss Kate, one of the one of the students, one of the wrestlers, she's like pointing at something and I'm like looking, I'm like, what? And then I see this fucking giant handsome blonde man and I was just like, oh shit, like I literally like ran out of my car to hug the guy because I haven't seen him in, in months. You know, he yeah. he he quietly was like, I'm I'm taking some time away from the ring. So we hadn't seen him at like uh at shows and I believe he was back home with his parents for a while, but got to see him yesterday super happy the guy looked no, the guy looked great the guy looked happy hopefully you know if his body can hold up once wrestling comes back we see some more of him but i, I was super excited to see him though you know d- didn't find my uh AEW figures but i found uh pat monic so i was very happy about that yeah. um another friend that I, we got to see though was uh that i got to see this week though was uh vivian vivian urbina she bought also shout out vivian she bought a t-shirt of ours um and she came by the shop to pick up some other t-shirts i i made the comment i made the comment to you maybe like a week ago when there was like oh spoilers or one of my buddies hit me up and he was just like oh vivian spoiled wrestling there were some spoilers out she spoiled wrestling to me and like if i could go back to 2000 to my high school years to be like hey vivian urbina is not only (laughs) spoiling wrestling for people but she knows how to go about finding wrestling spoilers online and she's spoiling them for other people like it's just still to me such like a whoa like a mind fuck uh but i'm I'm so happy you know i'm I'm so happy that one of my best friends is like into the same thing i am now because i can sit there and have like an actual conversation about wrestling with her without it sounding like zip zorp and zippity doop uh are fighting for the zippity dap dap you know because i imagine that's just what I me talking about wrestling sounded like to her before, um, but no, now she's she's into it. And uh, shout out Vivian for buying a t shirt. Uh, love you, Vivian. When when you hear this, uh, you better fucking text me that you love me as well. Uh, but next week, David, um, I'm pretty excited about next week's interview. Uh, oh yeah. I, th- I thought to myself, how do we follow up Nick Aldis? You know, probably the most handsome man to ever step foot. Yeah, pro wrestling tees like that's a very hard task. And then it came to me, who is the second most handsome man to ever come through pro wrestling tees? You know, and and instantly I was like, oh, of course. Uh, next week will be the return of cousin Jeremy, Jeremy Zaha. Uh, Jeremy's he's started his own podcast. You know, his own original podcast. Didn't you know waste no time and just like this is my podcast. I'm going to do it and started getting interviews left and right. Uh, pretty fun show. It's called, what do you like? You can find it wherever you find your, uh, podcast. Basically he sits down and talks with his friends who are like really passionate about specific things. You know, he has a friend who designs, uh, board games. He has a friend who's a power lifter. Uh, he has Matt Nix on, uh, tomorrow. Actually, I believe they talk about aliens. Uh, you know, he, he's had a lot of people on a lot of friends and, I will be next week's episode, not this week. So I figured, hey, a little synergy between the two. You know, we'll have him on, and then the following day, my episode with with him will come out. And so, yeah, next week we'll have uh, the one and only cousin Jeremy on, which should be fun. I I say all the time, like we love him. Oh, we love him, nicest person ever. Like if he could be the third man, 
that would be awesome. Unfortunately, he's you know he's got his own podcast now, so he was poached before we could poach him. Uh, but yeah, you know this week uh, there was a lot of movie talk this week on on this week's podcast, so I do apologize for that. But the one thing that I'm just sitting here wondering is what what are the boys over at Marvel, the boys and girls over at Marvel, coming up with now? Because as much as people like to like, no, there's no feud. Oh boy! Oh, oh there is a hundred percent a feud, and these people are are coming up with something right now just to just to stick it to them. So, pretty excited to see what Marvel comes out with. We might see like an Eternals trailer, or a, you know, Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer, something, something. Nice. Yeah, and, and it almost feels like the old uh, Monday Night Wars. You know, it's starting to brew. Exactly. Uh, well, David. I got to go get ready because uh, it's my uncle's birthday today and we're going to go oh. celebrate. Yeah. We're going to just a few of us, you know, keeping socially distant. Uh, yeah. So got to drive out back, got to drive back out to the suburbs. Hopefully I find some AEW figs this time. Uh, but for this week's podcast, uh, I've been scrump and this is stank. And this is friend of the show. Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega here. Friend of the show. We've run out of things to say here at the PWT cast. And so I must bid you adieu. Goodbye and good night. Bang, bang.